reasonable. Okay, we're good. We're great. Okay, all right. Everyone's good. Okay, we all ready? Believe it or not, it's been a year since we published the very first episode of the CODA series, where we first met Brother Rowell and Brother Ronnie David, both CODAs, or Children of Deaf Adults, and Ministers of the Gospel in the Church of Christ. Karani, do you want to just sit up a little bit for you? Sorry, I just don't want... So much has happened with the David family since we last talked, so we thought it would be worthwhile to catch up. And because September is Deaf Awareness Month, what better time than now? Hello, Brother Ronnie, Brother Rowell. It's it's been a while since we've seen you last. Hello, Sister. Hello, Lil. Sister. Lil. How are you? We're good. How are you doing, Paul? How are you? How are you both? Doing well. Doing well. And we just wanted to um, check in with you both and see how things are, and just uh, the impact and the feedback you've gotten from the CODA series, would you say that there are people that you may have known for a long time and after seeing, seeing your stories and hearing your stories, were there things that they were surprised to learn? I've had a lot of brethren pass vocal assignments. They, they texted me, they called me and they said, I didn't even know. I had no idea. Cause the thing is we don't put this out there. It's not something that, Hey, hello, my name is Ronnie and my parents are deaf. For them, the one thing that got me was they said, I see why, why you did the things you, the way you did. Your story, you know, the CODA series was, is really a family story. And I'm so curious to know, have parents come up to you? Have kids come up to you as far as helping bridge that cultural divide, generational gap, whatever gap happens as we grow older? You know, some are coming up and asking, you know, what do you think we should do if, you know, this is the situation or, you know, my, my, my child is going through this. Do you think you could help them with, with, with this and that? And so I feel like because of that video or because of that series, it's opened up a lot of doors and, and it's actually open, like in the sense of parents now seeing things in a different way as well, mm. because now they're seeing things that, you know, hey, you know, this could be affecting my child. Or me not doing this could be hindering them in this way. I, one thing, too, as far as opening up conversations, I'm curious as far as, um, as far as faith sharing, how has the feedback been from brethren who do have friends who are uh, hearing impaired and, um, and how they've shared the content with them? You, you know, it's funny because I feel like some brethren never thought about inviting a deaf person to a Bible study. They never thought about inviting a deaf person to listen to the words of God. But that's an option. Mm -hmm. That's definitely an avenue of sharing faith now. And it's, it's brought into, it's gotten to the point where uh, even in Forest Hills, the local I was assigned in, we were having a Bible study and we had about maybe eight or nine deaf there. So brethren are joining in. They asked me, and said, you know, Karani, we actually know some deaf in my neighborhood my area, can you do a Bible study over here? And I said, sure, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Because you know what? People feel more confident enough to, to invite people who are deaf now because they see that they have the opportunity also to hear God's word. It's even, even in, the, uh, in the sense of learning sign language as well, because yes, through the CODA sure. series, now they've seen the other apps and the other uh, you know, videos that the church administration has produced. 
and now it's it's branching out into that uh, you know we i've had uh, some brethren come up and say yeah I, I changed my major to communication you know to be able to help you know to learn more sign language as well and so it, it's really it's it, it, it's it's impacted a lot of people in so many ways wow. well praise god praise god and we hope that uh the wonderful thing about the coda series and the story of your family is that it's timeless you know this can be watched five, 10 years from now, and the stories and life lessons in your families can resonate to, for generations to come. But I should also point out, you're all together today. <laughs> I know the, people might think you're in the same place now, but why do you happen to be together and we're able to do this interview and you're in the same room? Yeah, that, that's true. We're actually uh, we're blessed today to have a special gathering that was approved by the church administration for the ministers and not just the four districts that were here, but all over the East Coast. So it was also a blessing for us in another way, which me and my brother were able to see each other. So it's been a year. And one of the things I never got to ask you both this, but, you know, our part three, there were some really profound, intimate moments with your parents that you were able to say that you both had said you'd never said before. And I know that for a lot of our viewers who watched it, that ending for part three is what got them. It just tore them up. Like it just, they just said, I didn't expect that at the end. Why didn't you tell me I should have had a box of tissue? Um, and I could tell from the reaction of your parents that they too were really shocked and moved by what you were able to tell them. I'm going to cry again. God bless both of you. God bless. Brother Rowell, you were in the same room with them, but what was it like after that interview? I'll say, uh, you know, the <laughs> my parents are people of few words. I'll say it like that. Uh, even though they, my, my, especially my mother, she could sign away forever. But after the interview, it was more, you know, of course, deaf culture, more on action. She she just went up and hugged, oh. hugged, and then of course when when my mom came up and hugged, hugged me. My dad came up, and it oh. was just it was just hugging for for a good couple of minutes, saying I love you, this and that. No um, words needed. No, not none at all. It was it was a good moment. It was a good moment. Mm -hmm. Brother Ronnie, you obviously weren't in the same room, but. Uh, what were the conversations like after after that interview, but also after they actually watched it and watched the whole thing put together? It's like what my brother said, it was uh, wasn't many words, but you know, my mother she she called her favorite son, and I answered. <laughs> <laughs> and she told me, <laughs> you know, she just told me she she loved us so much. Because you, <laughs> you know what? For her and my, uh, her and my dad, we don't talk about our life to each other. We just live life with each other. But for us to Ooh. reflect and review it and look back, I think that kind of opened all of our eyes. So she she told me, you know, she's just thankful that we're all together and that we're a family that was blessed to be together by God. Brother Ronnie, can you repeat what you just said? You don't do life together. So we, we never talk about our life together. We just live life together. Mm -hmm. And it was probably really the first time that we actually 
looked at each other, our faces, uh, uh, talked to each other, and actually had a chance to look back and say, wow, this has been our life the whole time. And imagine the blessing it was to, to actually relive it with each other and to see, wow, you know, all those things we went through, whether happy, sad, good or bad, it was a blessing in the end because look at where we are now. And I think that, that's where all the love came and the fact that we, we really took a moment to say, I love you to each other after that in a different way than we ever had before. Mm -hmm. Being able to have that time and that moment to be able to do that and to look back a year later, um, if you can share with us what's happened in the last year. So, a good couple months afterwards, um, just to go ahead and just put it out there, uh, out of nowhere, it was very sudden, but our father passed away, you know, and uh, that was very tough, that was tough, especially because we just had this opportunity to really open up to each other for the first time ever. I'm 32, my brother's 30, and for how many decades like, we lived life together, right? And the first time ever we opened up to each other, and then one of us are gone. So that definitely was, uh, you know, the sadness, the sorrow, that was, that was definitely there. And it's definitely something that uh, still comes across the mind and yeah. our hearts, so we don't, we don't stop thinking about it. But that's, that's the biggest trial we've experienced since we've had the uh, COVID series. Mm -hmm. With no warning, their beloved dad, Brother Ramon David, suddenly passed away in mid-April of this year. It was here that Brother Ronnie recounted their last moments with his dad. Their parents were in New York, visiting Brother Ronnie and his wife, and they had just finished attending worship service in a local congregation where Brother Ronnie was assigned to preach. It was on their way home when Brother Ramon suddenly fell ill and later passed away. But the last thing I think about is, thank you, Dad, for that last lesson. You teach a man how to finish his race. That's exactly what we're going to do. Because I hope that's the way that I finish my race too. I'll be in my duty. I'll be still be genuine, have genuine faith and love to the Lord God and live my life for God. That's exactly what I want. So even though it, it, it was tough, it was, it was so sad at the moment, at the time, until now, I mean, days later, weeks later, years later, for sure, we're still going to feel like this, but at the same time, I will never forget that. And he never had to say anything. He just lived his life to the end. And he taught us to really finish all this. I remember Brother Rowell, we were texting, I think it was just the day after your dad had passed away. And I remember that your text was, the first thing you said is, God is so good because I got to see him just a few weeks ago and he got to see my brother. And I remember thinking at that moment that, you know, you both had have had such a, um, a, a, a tough childhood, just struggle after struggle. But the fact that your mind, your heart automatically goes to the good with even the most 
painful situation, that that's the first thing you think about a day after your dad had had passed, is such a testament to what your parents have taught you both, you know, because that's not something you learn overnight, you know, to be able to do that, to, to be able to train your brain to go to where to find the positive and everything. Um, that is a lifestyle. That is a lifestyle. Um, and the fact that you both said that your father still taught you a lesson even the day that he had passed away. Um, Sister Rose had actually sent me a picture. You know, Sister Rose and I were texting days after that. She had sent me a picture and it said, and I don't know, Brother Rodney, you can confirm, but it sounded like your parents were with you. You had a Bible study with some deaf students. Was it that same week? So was that the same that trip? That was the exact same trip, actually. Can you imagine days before that, we had a, a Bible study. And for some reason, they thought it was kind of late. It was at 9 p.m., but we were there at the chapel, going over God's words, going over the lessons. And it's amazing. The deaf have so many questions. And the beauty of it was that my parents were there. They were able to witness. They were to mingle a little bit. And it was so nice seeing my dad talking to them, asking, what do you think? How do you feel about it? Oh, wow. And you never hear him say stuff like that. But I'm sure these the, the, the Coder series plays a big part in that because he sees like, wow, this is this is something he needs to get out. So maybe he felt uh, the urge to okay, let me do my part. Let me ask him what they thought about it. Yeah. And it, it was great. It was great to see it. We had about, I want to say almost 10, 10 deaf visitors. And you know what? Almost all of them are Bible students actually mm -hmm. currently right now. Almost all of them are Bible students. Wow. We saw that at the funeral of your father, uh, there were some beautiful flowers there from the executive minister. Um, tell us a little bit about that. You know, it's so overwhelming to get the, the kind of support we had. Um, on an emotional level, it, it was amazing to see so many brethren reach out. Brethren that talked to us like we're a family. There were so many people that came out from all over we didn't even expect them to come through just to show love and just to show that their family and actually there were even those who we didn't even know but because of the coda series they came out to support and probably one of the best things ever is to know that god is comforting us as we make that corner and we turn in and we can see all these flowers and right there right beside my father was the flowers from the executive minister And it's like such a great reminder that you know, Eduardo does think about all of us. It doesn't matter how many people join the church, how many members there are, so many. He's still thinking about all of us. And that's why when I saw that, I said, you know, this is what it's all about. The church really is united. People say what they want, but the church really is united. And you can see how our executive minister, it's amazing what he can do. But out of his time, out of his busy schedule and all that, he still made time and showed love to us. That's just another like everlasting reminder that like, God will take care of us. Now our executive minister, he does this for the entire church. And yet still, 
he can reach out and he can show that love. It meant, it meant the world to us mm. to know that he's, he's taking his time to make sure to let us know that he's there helping us, that he's there supporting us. It, it, it really did mean the world. Witnessing your mom firsthand go through something so painful, losing the love of her life. Um, what are the lessons that you've learned and continue to learn from your mom today on how to deal with loss, but also what true love really looks like and feels like? I remember when, uh, when she left New York, she, she flew into Georgia with Carrose and, uh, I was blessed to be able to be there and pick them up from the airport. And uh, when we were driving, we stopped over to grab something to eat. And I turned around and I looked at her and I said, are you okay? And she said, I miss dad. Mm. And I told her, I said, because I, I, I know her. And I said, Mom, it's okay for you to cry. And she said, she looked at me and she goes, no. She said, people tell me I have to be strong. I have to be strong. And I get that, you know. And I'll say that that's one thing that I took from that is that, yes, we do have to be strong. But of course, when it's just us. Mm -hmm. I told her, I said, I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, I said, in front of everybody else, you can be strong. But I told her, I said, right now, it's okay for you to cry. And she just, you know, she let it out. But even then, like I said, she was showing us. And it's, it's what we preach as well. We know that, you know, and, and, and our executive minister has said it before. To die as a member of the Church of Christ is such a great blessing. Mm -hmm. And it is. I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about just like what, what, what Brother Ronnie said earlier. We're, we're going to experience sorrows. We're going to experience pain because we're still here on earth, you know. And dad doesn't have to go through that anymore. Mm -hmm. Dad doesn't have to experience that anymore. You know, that the next time that he's going to open his eyes, the Bible says he's, he's going to be in heaven. He died as a member of the Church of Christ. It's a blessing. And so we preach that. You know, we, we, yes, be strong. But that, that, that's something that I took is that, man, even though she's going through that heartbreak, she's still upholding what we preach in the worship service. That you got to be strong. And, 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 and that's, you know, that, that's, uh, again, she, she really leads by example. She leads by example. Mm -hmm. Especially the day after it happened, you know, no one got much sleep that night. Uh, and the thing about it is, I know it, it must have been a shock for her, it must have been so surreal that this happened. But then I remember she was saying that, uh, okay, look, we need to be strong now, which those are very nice words to come from a parent, especially when something like some tragic happens. But those words I play in my head 
when I need it. You know, she was crying when she said it. <laughs> she was hugging my arm when she said it. I really think about it now when I need it. Those moments when I do feel sad about it. So that's one thing we're definitely getting from her is that she doesn't have to say it. She just shows it that regardless of what's going to happen, she will be strong. And she does that by showing that she'll continue serving God, performing her duties, and fulfilling what she's always been doing, being a good member inside the church. Mm -hmm. With your mom, um, what the, the, like you mentioned earlier, that she's always just moving and, and doing and, and serving. Um, how do you think her being activeness and continuing to do her duties in the church that is helping her in her healing and in her grieving at this time? Most definitely, I would say that it's helping um, her remaining active uh, in, in, in her duties inside the church. Uh, we're, we're seeing her, she is, uh, and I, she, she recognizes it as well, that she turns to that for comfort. Mm. She does. And, you know, we're so thankful of course, to our Almighty God and to the church administration for having all of these different activities going on back to back to back. We're thankful because it gives her the opportunity to involve herself in those things. She, she's able to stay busy doing those things, doing the things that she loves. And then it keeps her mind away from, you know, thinking about those moments of, uh, you know, being sad. Because of course, just again, the human in us, where we are going to be sad for years to come. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she can be able to uh, make herself busy in those things that she loves, which is her services in, in, in the church, it, it really does do her well. It does her well. How about for the both of you, just on a personal note, how tough it must have been to do the first worship service, preach the first worship service after losing your father and guiding brethren to be strong during the midst of challenges and experiencing it yourself in the middle of your own pain and in your own grief. How were you able to, were you able to stand up in front of your congregations and do the same? Personally, and it's from the both of us because both admitted it to each other. I mean, we don't have decades of experience inside the ministry. At the end of the day, we're still our parents' children. And for us to still uh, perform our duty, and like what we're talking about, still lead in the worship service, those are moments too where you feel like, how am I going to do this? How, how am I supposed to do this? I mean, I know my head's not in the right place. My heart's all over the place. How am I supposed to lead in the worship service? And then you remember your mom when she's grabbing on your arm crying. You have to be strong. You have to be strong. And you know, it really makes you... I don't want to say that you need someone to, to pass away or lose a loved one to feel closer to God. I don't want to say that's necessary, but what I want to put out there is that 
those moments actually are such a positive because it makes you it really does make you feel closer to God. It really does. Mm-hmm. In a sense that it reminds you this life isn't perfect. This life isn't uh, everything to us. What we're supposed to do in this life is what we're about to preach right now in this worship service, which is we're supposed to let everybody know, remind everyone that this is what we need to do right now in order for us to get right here, which is our salvation. Mm-hmm. So to tell, the, tell you the truth, I mean, the worship service, it, you feel more deeper, uh, you feel more entwined with the lesson. Uh, you definitely feel the emotion, but of course you keep your composure. But at the same time, it's almost like you understand life a little bit better now. Most definitely. So you have a better way of saying it, right? Yeah. Well, I know in, in the f- first worship service that I officiated after it happened, that was one of the applications that we used in that worship service, which was um, for the parents, the only time that you have to teach your children is now because there will be a time when you won't be there anymore, but you want to make sure that your children are okay. For the children, it's important that you listen, that you listen to what you're teaching and you, you, you notice what they do so that you can be able to follow that example. Because just like what, what, what he said, what we always preach, we have to do it now in order to be able to get to where we want to be, which is that eternal life, that salvation. And how is your mom doing? How is Sister Raquel doing? You know, Sister Lou, it's like you're asking us a question that you already know the answer to. I'm only <laughs> saying that because what she's doing now is this. And don't be surprised. She's going to worship service. She's going to Bible study. She's going to the general cleaning of the place of worship that they have. She's going to all the functions, the activities. And then she ends her day by texting us what she did for church, at church today. Yeah. There was one day she, she, she called me on FaceTime and she says, randomly, she says, she had just come from a general cleaning. And she said, see, she said, even though I'm by myself, I'm still going to do what God wants because that's what God wants us to do. And I told her, I said, that's good. I said, I'm glad, I'm proud. Because mm-hmm. she hasn't stopped. She won't stop. No. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could add to it, but we won't make her sound like she's not human, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> she definitely does have her moments. Mm-hmm. She texted us the other day, it's me and your father's anniversary today. Mm-hmm. You know? And obviously, there's, there's a type of feeling that she has and a feeling that we have about it. And we try to keep our heads up. We try to keep our chin up. We try to focus on the good, focus on the positive, and focus on the happiness and the love. But there are moments where she texts me, and it really breaks my heart. A few words, you know, just simple words like, I cry, or I'm sad, I'm sad. And you know what? It's, it's, it's amazing because she texts me this. Obviously, it breaks my heart. I'm sure she sent the same to my brother, breaks his heart. And we both feel, you know, sad at the moment. But there's a very spiritual aspect about this that really came to uh, uh, enlighten. It's that, I mean, we're supposed to feel sad. Mm. I mean, we're still supposed to feel 
sorrow, sadness, and all that. We're supposed to. It's biblical. Because the only time that stops is like what it says in Revelations 21 to 4. The only time there's no more sorrow, the only time there's no more pain, and the only time that God will wipe away our eyes is when we get to heaven. And I remind myself that. That's what this has all been about. So we got to go to heaven. <laughs> we have to make it to heaven. This really isn't our true home, is it? Mm. Despite the hurt and the pain of, the, of losing your dad, but knowing that a few months before that, you were able to say what you did to him, things you weren't ever able to say at all growing up. What does that say about the importance of saying what we need to say to people we love? You know, it's so tough because, yeah, you wish we could have, we could have been saying this our whole lives. Right? You wish we could have been open with this to each other. And, and some people may say it's unfortunate that it was only then that we said it. But like I said earlier, like what we believe, we just said what we were already doing, you know. Mm -hmm. It was nothing new to us. It was just nice to be able to look at each other and reflect on it. But being able to express your love for your loved ones, I mean, obviously, we take it so much more uh, seriously now than we ever have before. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there are times where like, okay, you go through a whole day's work, you, you do office, you do Bible studies, you're at the chapel, you're doing a worship service. It just takes a few minutes or a few seconds just to be able to text text mom, you know, I love you. You know, we don't need to start a conversation. I just want you to know, I love mm -hmm. you. How are you doing? Did you eat? Did you get some sleep? Did you drink any water, you know? And you know what? One of the things that really uh, hit us both is, it really made us have a realization. Because for some people, they may say, you know, it really was unfortunate that it just now that you guys are really admitting this subject. But the way I look at it is, it was actually really hard at first. And this is us being completely human right now. Yeah. It was really hard at first because we couldn't take it. It, it, it. It's very it's very harsh on us because it's our dad. We just had this Coda series. Because even for us, we're thinking the same thing. Like, why did we just now say something like this? Why did we just now uh, open up to each other? And then you know what? The hard thing is, is like when you pass, you start thinking, oh, the most human feelings ever. Like, why, God, why? Why now? Why did it have to happen now? And then you remember, us being, you know, God-fearing people, God never makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. He never makes mistakes. And for some people that hurts, that hurts to think that. So my parents had to die, or my, my loved one had to go. God never makes mistakes. It's true. And you know what else? God has our best interest at heart. God really loves us. God cares for us. And when we really think about it, there's a reason why it happened. It's all part of God's guidance. And at the end of the day, you start realizing, you know what, I need to trust in God, because you know why? God never makes mistakes. There's a reason why it had to happen. God never makes mistakes. He's right. And it's a lesson I've had to learn over and over again myself. But it's also a lesson that's hard to learn if you're only focusing on the challenges you've had to face. So Brother Ronnie reveals a special blessing their family was given as well. And if I could go ahead and mention it now is, I mean, I want my brother to mention, but just for me on my, my part, 
My father passed away in April. My nephew was born in May. And it means so much because I remember texting my brother. Me and my brother, just let you know, uh, we, don't, we don't even text like that. <laughs> I know he's busy doing his duty. He's busy fulfilling his ministry. I'm over here doing my <laughs> ministry. We don't text each other. We, we don't feel the need because we know we, love will always be the same. But I remember texting him. You know, I'm just glad that at least we have someone come in when dad leaves. Because God loves us. He doesn't want <clears> us to hurt that long. He doesn't want us to go through that much pain. He's going to give us a little bit of comfort too. He's going to take care of us emotionally. And that's why, that's my brother. Just to let you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that text message he's talking about is something that I hold on to and something that I tell other people about all the time. You know, dad passed away. A few weeks later, Timothy comes into the picture. And a lot of people, they, you always have those people that say, oh, it's sad that he wasn't able to meet his Lolo. It's sad that he wasn't able to meet his grandfather. But what I always say, I always go back to that text message. is that, but it's okay. You know, you know, yes, you know, and, 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 and I'll, I'll put this in as well. God is so good because right before our dad passed, we were together. I was able to be with him uh, because of, uh, you know, uh, uh, different worship services. I was able to go visit him. And then a few weeks later, or two weeks later, he's able to be with Ronnie. And so he was able to see both of us. He was able to be with his family until the end. And that's what we're thankful for. That's what we're grateful for is that even after the CODA series, he knows how we feel. We were able to talk about it. And then he's able to be with us multiple, you know, and again, we, we don't see each other all the time. And yet we were able to be together because of God's uh, plan and God's graces. And he let my dad go at the end of that. He was able to experience it. And then, yes, a few weeks later, you know, we're still hurting. We're still grieving until now. We still are. But it's just like what he said. God sees that. And God comforts as well. I think his, his what his text message was, was... Um, Timothy came at the perfect moment, the time when we needed him the most. And we're able to find that love again. And yeah, I, I hold, you know, he, I, I've never told him that. That this is us again, expressing ourselves in front of the camera, in front of you, and not to each other. We should do this more often. <laughs> I think but, this is a pattern here. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I've never told him that, but I hold on to that text message so much because it's so true. I was having that conversation with my wife just a couple weeks ago and I told her, I said, Timothy couldn't have come at a better moment because it really was at a moment when we, when we really did need him. And at this point, we're able to be together and he was able to meet his uncle. So you met him for the first time on this trip. So that was yesterday, right? Because you just saw each other yesterday. Can you tell us, because I just get a kick out of his name. What is your son's name, Brother Rowell? <laughs> Timothy King David. <laughs> That's so cool. And while the deep pain and grief of losing their dad is still there, 
the presence of joy of the newest addition to the David family cannot be denied. Heather Rowell, now that you're a dad, what lessons are you going to pass on to your, to your son that Brother Ramon had left with you? You know, it's great because uh, I mean, first and foremost, of course, all of the things that my dad did for us, I want to be able to do for him. Because I, and you know, our executive minister reminds us as ministers all the time that we have to be able to lead by example. And that's exactly what, you know, my, my dad did for us. It's funny because uh, now that I do have Timothy, uh, I find myself uh, waking up earlier and I'm the one that does this and does that, puts this into the van and do this and do that. And, and I think about it and I'm like, my dad used to do that. And I'm doing it because I saw him do it. He took care of us without us knowing. Mm. He just did it. And I, for sure, that is something that I want to be able to show you know, yes, teach, of course, but teach it by showing him that this is what you do, you know, for, you know, especially as a, you know, I, I want, just like what my brother said, I want to be able to teach him how to be a man in that sense that we mm -hmm. take care of the family. Of course, first and foremost, I'm going to teach him, you know, that just like your, your granddad, you have to continue to put God first. You know, that, that, that was something that, that our dad always did, us living two hours away from the chapel. He would always wake up, or, you know, those cold mornings when you have to make sure that the car is heated up. In the East Coast with snow and everything. He would wake up early and, and he would make sure that the car is cleared, that, that, he, that he would turn on the car so that it would heat up and this and that. And so that we could be able to leave on time or, you know, because of our mom, we always left three hours before the time we actually have to leave. He would do it. And it's because we're talking about God here. God is always first. And, and that's something that I want to be able to teach him. That, that's something that we took from our parents, that one hour isn't enough to be early. September is Deaf Awareness Month. And having heard the feedback from listeners, from viewers, and also having lived as CODAs, what would you like for people to know about the community. You're looking at the community right here. Mm. <laughs> I, I think, you know, they could really benefit from this. Yeah. You know, if there are people, they want to share their faith. Mm -hmm. So just putting out an effort to try to communicate or even trying to learn a little sign language here or there, it really helps out. And even if you meet someone who is CODA, you know, they're talking and then they translates to their parents what you're saying and all that even showing you know a little sign language there is a great impact because for people who are colder like myself and my brother i mean just seeing other people who give effort to want to be able to speak to our parents that means a lot in itself too so mm -hmm. the fact that it's going to come out in september or we're going to be able to show people this in september it'd be really nice if everyone uh 
you know, gave some, some type of effort towards it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more deaf people around than people think. Not that they're trying to hide. Mm-hmm. They still don't say much. Mm-hmm. But you got to go and put the effort in to try to, to say something to them if you do mm-hmm. see them. Mm-hmm. Now that the church is, you know, we have CSD, um, Christian Society for the Deaf. We have the app. We have a website. Um, to know that your father left when he did he went from right the the 95th anniversary where there was nobody and he was just floored to see one person sister rose signing and to know that he had finished his race at a time when he saw when he could see the progress of the church when it comes to the deaf community how does that make you feel as his sons i'd say uh for lack of a better word, happy. It's nice because, you know, you, you saying it just brought back, uh, to just brought back a lot of uh, memories. The fact that our dad was so happy to see one person signing. Again, we don't, we don't get that a lot from our, from our dad. We don't. Um, it, it, and then to know that he was able to see how it is now, it, it, it uh, you just know that he was happy. And that make, I'm sure I can say it for both of us, but it, I mean, it also makes us happy to know that they're not the only deaf inside the church. Yeah. Because throughout the years, you know, she, he sees an interpreter and you find out, okay, she has parents who are deaf. They eventually became members. I remember thinking about at the time that uh, my parents both took oath as deacon and deaconess. Mm-hmm. Back at it, it's like, wow, that really was something because they're signing uh, back the oath taking to my cousin who was interpreting for them mm. during the old taking. Um, let's go back to your mom. How is she as a grandmother, Brother Roel? How is Sister <laughs> Raquel as a, as a Lola, as a grandmother? She's happy. Most She's happy. She, uh, one of the first things she said was that she knows that dad would have been happy and, dad, mm. and that dad was excited to see Timothy. Uh, and and I guess for me, of course, I would love for Timothy to have met my dad, but just to know that he was excited. My mom was telling me that apparently he was telling everyone in in their locale uh, about Timothy, how he was excited to see his first grandson, this and that, uh, and 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 that's all she was saying at the beginning. You know, of course, she, she's not close to us right now in distance, but. She's always asking for that picture and that photo of the day and that <laughs> video. She's always asking just to be able to see him. Um, she's happy. She's happy. And um, and lastly, to to wrap up our interview, brothers. Thank you again for taking the time. We know you have a long drive back um, for both of you, but just to close our uh, interview, can we get can we meet little Timothy King David? Yes, of course. And you his know, global he was, uh, debut. He was <laughs> he was here earlier before, and then he was sleeping, and then we took him off, and he woke up, and we were like, oh, he knew he knew he wanted to get on camera. He's like, let me be camera ready. Oh, 
see his hair? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! This is Timothy King David. Hi, brother Timothy King David! What's the best part of being a dad, Brother Roel? You know, uh, after, after a week and a half being with him, someone asked me that. And I really thought about it for a second. And having Timothy has been the closest feeling I've had to the ministry. Mm. The, the, the feeling I get in the ministry, you can't compare it to anything. It's a different feeling that God gives you when you're helping in the holy ministry. And I think after those late nights, you know, having, you know, having to take care of Timothy and everything, the closest thing I could feel, the closest, uh, that, 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 that fulfillment feeling, you get it whenever you're taking care of him. Yeah. And your heart just melts no matter how tired Always. you are. Always. Always. He could be crying. And then the moment you give the bottle to him and he uh, <laughs> he stops and he just looks at you. <laughs> um, so at what age would you start teaching him sign language? You know, we've actually already started looking into it. Oh. And uh, we're, we're, we're wanting to go ahead and start. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're too loud, Dad. You're too loud. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, no, he, uh, we're, we're, we're already starting to look into it. And we're, I'm thinking, I think around six months is when we, we'd actually start um, trying to implement. But for sure, we mm -hmm. want to be able to teach him sign language. And honestly, my mom is already trying. Teach <laughs> yes, she's already I trying to he'll start. He'll be a fast learner. He'll be a... He'll be a, he'll be your interpreter uh, when he's older as you're preaching, brother. He's definitely in the blood pool. He's doing it right now. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, no, yeah, there, show him. He's doing "I love you." Yes. <laughs> oh, there we go. Look at Big that stretches. Stretch. Big stretch. Okay, I think he's like, all right, Dad, time to go. And there's no better way to end this episode or this series than to see the hope and love a child brings to a family. Timothy may not have met his grandfather, but we hope that one day this CODIS series will help him know who his grandfather was and the legacy of faith he left behind. Special thanks to Brother Ronnie and Brother Rowell for taking time out of their busy schedule to sit down with us, and of course, to Sister Rose Guillermo, Timothy's other grandmother, for doing the ASL translation. If you haven't seen the Coda series, log on to incmedia.org or on the INC Media app or anywhere you get your podcasts to listen or watch the three-part series. On behalf of the Making Changes team, thanks for listening and may your change uplift you.